live from the Sky Lobby at PwC Towers. Um, this is the 365 Message Center show. This week, we're going to be talking about PowerPoint Live and launching into a presentation directly from PowerPoint into Teams. We can also now migrate content from Google Workspace into Microsoft 365. It's now just part of the service and we'll be able to access files offline from Teams Mobile. Let's get into it, Daniel. The following episode was recorded live on YouTube. Check out our website at messagecenter.show for all of our episodes. You look you look like you're way up there, Daryl. Um, just be careful, don't don't fall or anything. <laughs> uh, it's actually not too far off the yeah. street here in Auckland, but um, we've moved into a new office and I thought I'd make use of the surroundings and make things a little bit more interesting than my office in the background. So this is my office today. Hey, it's not bad, to be honest. I, I, you know, I haven't been in a office. Well, I went into my, my company's office briefly, but uh, I haven't worked from an office outside of my home office in well over a year, as most, I think, people would, would uh, say as well. So uh, thanks, everyone, for joining us today. And I think we are going to have some great discussion uh, off of today's messages and uh, let's just jump into it, if, if that's okay. Uh, our first sure is. one is yours, Daryl, where we're talking about PowerPoint Live. Yeah, I got this. Now, PowerPoint Live, it actually feels like something we've already talked about. So it's interesting, this message, usually if it's something we have talked about beforehand, it's, it's got the little updated tag, and uh, we can see when it was first published. But seems they've republished this message. PowerPoint Live presents to Teams from PowerPoint for Windows. This is MC252704. Now, uh, this is a, an interesting one. If I want to share PowerPoint to a, an online meeting, I've got a few options, haven't I? I can um, share my desktop. I can share the PowerPoint window. I can upload the PowerPoint file. Uh, and those three options, you'll choose one or the other depending on what you need to do. This fourth option uh, allows me to open up the PowerPoint in uh, PowerPoint for Windows. And if I've got a Teams meeting running, then I can click a button and it's going to push that presentation into Teams. Um, so this seems like it's just a small thing and that it's okay, another way to push that, that document into a Teams meeting and, and run a presentation. But the interesting thing here is it's using PowerPoint Live and I can still control the presentation, changing the slides and going through various things from uh, from PowerPoint for Windows. Um, does that excite you, Daniel? Is that something that you might try out if you are presenting something into Teams? Yes, I, I think I'll try it out. I, I think, and I'm showing on screen the, the screenshot that was shown there, uh, showing the button in PowerPoint. Uh, this is a very interesting PowerPoint example that we're given one slide PowerPoint. But um, for me, I do a lot of demo when I present. And so I typically just default to a desktop, um, sharing a desktop because I don't want to have to unshare, reshare, you know, go through that. I just want to kind of show. But for those instances where I am uh, really just presenting content, and I think this is something that I'll give a give it a try and see what works best for me. What what is the easiest and 
what is the best experience for those that are attending? Because I think that's the two things you have to keep in mind, right? Is it is it good for you and is it good for them? Um, so, I uh, agree. Yeah. Um, I, I know that uh, when we say PowerPoint Live, that means it's it's the experience that a attendee can flick forward the slides if, if you've allowed them to do so. They can hit the reaction button and various different reactions come across the top. Um, what I'd be concerned about as a presenter is the thing that I'm seeing on screen might not necessarily be the experience that my audience sees. And that that's, if I was to upload that PowerPoint into the meeting and use the, what is that called? Is that the presenter layout, which you can use within the team's meeting experience. Right, right. Then I know what I'm seeing is what they're seeing. But if I've got just a PowerPoint for Windows sitting there and I'm clicking away, I'm not necessarily mindful of what the audience sees unless I've got that open somewhere on another screen. So mm -hmm. I think it's something to, to keep in mind as, as we're presenting. Um, yeah, well, yeah. this is rolling out starting mid-May. Mm-hmm you are going to need to have the latest version of Teams and Office when it's available. And it's also something that is restricted to just E3, E5, A3, A5 and government licenses. So you're not going to share in the M365 for business skew. That and not the frontline, you know, the F right. um, skews either. So that's, that's mm. just something to keep in mind. Um, and, <clears throat> you know, we, we say, I'm, I don't know if we should start giving a disclaimer uh, for anything related to Teams or to SharePoint or what are the other <laughs> services that don't have it um, really had a good track record lately of meeting their rollout dates, but it says mid-May. We'll see if that actually happens. Um, but yeah. So yeah. <laughs> well, uh, Daniel, yeah. Okay. Can you tell me about this next one? Um, I think it's going to be of interest to organizations that are shifting from a certain platform and certainly the partners that might be helping them do that. Yeah, most certainly. This one is migrate content from Google Workspace to Microsoft 365, MC252941. And this is utilizing that uh, in Microsoft 365, there's a migration manager and uh, for those that have, are familiar with it, you've been able to utilize Migration Manager for uh, box migrations as well as for on-prem, but uh, file shares and such. And so if you have been using, uh, you've been able to do Google Workspace, you've been able to do Dropbox and others, but you had to use Mover. So Mover was purchased by Microsoft. Um, back, I can't remember exactly right now, but I did actually did a blog post recently on this. Yeah, um, 2019. Yeah, it was 20, the last ignite that we went to. They were they were there with the booth. So it's, uh, but th this is in integrated in Microsoft 365. This is not having to go out to Mover and and what that gets you is all of that reporting capability within the Microsoft 365 Migration Manager, so that you can actually see what's going on. Uh, you can actually see uh, one of the screenshots here um, in uh, that I'm, we're showing here on the screen. 
uh, showing some of the reporting. It gives you that capability of, of discovery, so you, you can see the scan discovery that's going on, um, and you can see, kind of see the process along with other processes that you may be doing a migration at the same time. So uh, this is pretty sweet. Uh, this is one of the uh, ones they have targeted. Uh, others will be happening, uh, as I said in my um, in my post that I blog post that I put out. Uh, this is the first one that's coming. This one is rolling out late April and expected to be mid-May when it's finished. Um, and so for all of those that are, you know, utilizing this for your Google Documents and your data, uh, you'll be able to get that all over into OneDrive and SharePoint, Teams, uh, using a Microsoft Manager and straight out of the box, right? So being able to use the functionality um, that is provided to you within Microsoft 365. So <clears throat> the uh, general availability late July. So this is begin rolling out for public preview uh, for the late April through mid May. So letting you know that is coming. I'm, I'm pretty excited about having more of those options uh, available to you, um, but Dropbox um, and others, I think, are going to be important, too, to get, get in this space. So uh, definitely be looking out for those coming in the next few months. Yeah, it's good that um, it's giving admins and organizations options to consolidate some of those mm -hmm. uh, shadow, shadow IT locations <laughs> to bring those, those files into a place where they should be. Yeah, so um, I agree with you. This, so Google, cloud storage, um, the Dropbox, uh, all, you know, several of those will be coming in the next few months. So I think it, it'll help with those organizations that are having to utilize, you know, Mover or something else, you know, to do the migration uh, to bring that in and get that reporting. All right. So I, let's talk about, you know, installing apps in meetings. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, this message, admins can install apps in meetings. It's MC252940. Uh, admins can install apps into Microsoft Teams on behalf of their organization and they can pin them, they can make them visible to people, they can make them um, available within their experience on uh, the Teams desktop and Teams mobile. And, and this is, I think it's in preparation for what else is rolling out? The uh, the uh, optimized meeting app experience within Teams, uh, where you do have apps that will run within Teams, the Teams meetings experience. Um, they will make Teams meetings more engaging. I think we've seen one there with Forms, where you're able to uh, create a poll using Forms, and it, it uh, is available there to engage in during the meeting. Uh, so if, if your admins want to um, pin some of those or install some of those apps that, that uh, you want everyone to have available within the meetings, then you can do so um, shortly. Now, th this is using policies within the Teams Admin Center. And so the ability to create that policy and roll it out, make it available to everyone or to certain groups, it follows the same pattern we've seen for other apps within Teams. Uh, but this is just preempting and making sure that everyone knows what's available, and you can standardize that experience if you're using a certain third-party service or app 
that uh, brings a great meeting experience to you. Uh, so that is rolling out beginning mid-May and expect to be complete early June. Not too much more to say about that, but looking forward to seeing that list of meeting optimized apps grow over time. Yeah, I think they will grow. Uh, it is, it's a space that is ripe for the taking, I think, to enhance. It's nice to have the platform available and the ability to enable this. And then having you know more apps come along to be able to fill that to make your you know your meetings engaging whether there's you know regular meetings that you would have in a uh, conference room or a training meeting or an educational experience or you know whatever uh, i think it is like i said right for the taking to really enhance the meeting experience so i'm looking forward to that definitely um what have we got for you, Daniel? There's, there's something that's happened with Whiteboard. Yes. There's a lot that's happening with Whiteboard right well, now, but it, this is good news. Yes. This is great news for Whiteboard. Whiteboard storage changing to OneDrive for business, MC253185. This is a, a topic that we discussed actually in our uh, conversation this past week uh, when we were on Clubhouse. And uh, this is all about... Um, Microsoft Whiteboard utilizing OneDrive for its storage of content rather than what is used now, which is Azure storage. And with this move, you get things like um, the content management features of uh, no, having additional permission management, search, um, external sharing. You get all those compliance and governance goodies that you get with one. I mean, you get all that cons, uh, the, the uh, functionality that you get at OneDrive uh, with this move. So uh, really, really like this. Now we're getting a really long heads up here because the timing is October of 2021, <laughs> but um, it is, it is something that I think uh, we can start preparing for and understanding. Now, I think the biggest downfall of this, uh, I don't know if a downfall, but the biggest negative is that any of your existing content is not getting moved over. Now, you could kind of understand why that that's a massive migration process that would have to happen. And, and so that's not happening. Uh, so you will have content in two places in Azure Storage and OneDrive, but um, just know that that's what's going on. Uh, but again, really looking forward to this. This is this is going to be one of those. Can we remember when this happens to have this as a callback mm. on the show? <laughs> That's going to be. Yeah, the, um, <laughs> maybe we should put a I'll, note I'll, in our calendar or something. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. I'll, I'll do that. Hey, the thing about this update too. I know once it arrives, it's going to be great. Mm -hmm. um, here's the scenario: Whiteboard's great for engaging people in a meeting giving them an opportunity to, to put in feedback and drop their post-it notes and their ideas. It's really good. Um, and, you know, I, I use Whiteboard, but I also use um, similar kinds of products. What we haven't been able to do is it's external sharing. That's the key one there that I'm happy about, um, that if you have external sharing enabled on OneDrive, then if I've invited guests into my meeting, or maybe I'm using a breakout room for running a workshop, as soon as I fired up OneDrive, all the people in my org could see it, but all my guests were like, mm, okay, so I can't see a thing. 
but this will change and that that's really really important um that's a, a big step for white for a whiteboard apart from having all the other file data residential and compliance and governance bits and pieces external sharing is is huge yes i 100 percent agree with you i did want to i i said i mentioned that the content was not going to be migrated from azure to OneDrive, Microsoft's not going to do that uh, as part of this, is what they're saying. But they said they will share more details on how you can migrate your content. So oh. we'll see what that looks like. I would highly suggest you to do that if they make it available to you and it's not too complicated. Um, I think that would be a great thing. Also, they're going to provide some information uh, if uh, in the future, probably update this message. Uh, with if you want to opt in before October to try to get a preview experience. So uh, just be looking out for that. Daryl, let's talk about our headline, shall we? Yes, we shall. Uh, it's, it's an interesting one. Mm. Um, access files offline and mobile. This is Teams Mobile, MC253494. Um, you're working, okay, I'll, I'll paint the picture. You're working in Microsoft Teams mobile. Um, you're suddenly come into a, an area where the the online signals are not so great, or, or maybe uh, you've just found yourself uh, you know, out the country and there's, there's no signals at all. Uh, so you go into the team that you need to, um, to access a file and you, you go to the files tab in your mobile and sorry, you're offline. Um, now that that's that's something I don't know how many of us have faced that. Uh, we do a lot of work in all sorts of different places. I think this is you know, a, a, a everyday challenge that we that we may face. Poor bandwidth or no bandwidth at all. But here's the thing. <laughs> I've always found these sorts of um, you can access your files offline um, features interesting. If you're doing it with OneDrive. And let's say files on demand. Usually, you don't know you need that file until you double click it, and so you're hoping that did I did I access this file recently? Is it in my cache? Is it is it? Oh no, it's not. Okay. Or did I right click and say I want to keep this on my device all the time? Yeah, no. Well, um, this this update for the Teams mobile experience. So Daniel and I were talking earlier and saying, well. Would we do this from Teams or would we do it from the OneDrive mobile app? Or there's another one to think about, the Office app. Hmm. Yeah. Daniel, what do you think my experience was like when I tried this out? Because I know this this is available coming to um, the Android app. That's what this notification is mm -hmm. about. But it, it is available too in the iOS app. And what do you think my experience was? Um, well, let me say, in a world with bad Wi-Fi, you need to access your files in Teams. Um, so what was your experience? I would imagine your experience was you could open the file just fine. And then when you tried to do anything with the file, you had problems. Is that right? Mm -hmm. You would be right. Yeah. So first of all, I did have to think, tap on that file, make it available offline. Done. Good. So then I tested it. I went into uh, flight mode and made sure everything was turned off. Go back into Teams. Sure enough, I can 
tap on that little file with the green tick open. Uh, there it is in the file view. I can read the file. Okay, well, let me edit that because I want to I want to make some changes. So at that point, it opens up the Office app. You know, the one that combines all the Office applications. The Office app says, you're offline. <laughs> I can't get to that. Beat it. Beat so, it, bud. Exactly. <laughs> there's, a, there's a second level to this, which, which we need to be mindful of if we, yeah. you know, that's a file that I'm working on. Um, it has to have been opened in the Office app uh, recently. It'll be in the cache, and then you can work on it offline. Now, I know I'm making a bit of fun of this. I think it is still a good feature, but it just it, it's going to be more beneficial to you if you're going back to something that you've worked on recently. Right. And you've purposefully said, I want that offline. That's that's the key is that if I think this is going to be useful for people who know that they're going to need a file offline. So they go to their mobile while they're online and they make sure that it's available offline. They open it up and they can work with it. So it opens up in the office app and, and it goes through all that. Then, you know, you know, it should work better when you have. Uh, gone offline but if it's one of those experiences where you're like oh i am i'm about to lose wi-fi oops oh i need this file i'm gonna i'm gonna say offline okay great now i have it and now now you try to you'll have the same experience you did um <clears throat> and that's one thing i i'm really not liking the dissociation with onedrive here i i would prefer it to just be in onedrive uh you know you in the interface um, it's where was that file? I, I wanted, I marked it as offline because you could do that in OneDrive too. Did I do that in OneDrive mm -hmm. or did I do that in Teams? Well, now I got to mm -hmm. go look. I, I'd rather it just be an all in one place. Um, it, I think it's a nice feature, a helpful feature. It's just there's some things to consider. And so you're definitely going to need to train your users, especially those that are mobile, um, on how to do this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. yep. But you know that's that's our headline. We still think it's it's going to be an interesting feature, and it'll be mostly helpful to you if you've been working on something recently. Yeah, agreed. Um, so that that is uh, is it rolling out? So it, it, this is mid rolling out to the Google Play Store in mid May. Yeah. Yep. I don't I don't remember when the iOS message came through, but I went to check, and there it was in my work channel. Yay. Okay. Well, uh, speaking of OneDrive, I am excited about this one. Public preview. OneDrive Sync Admin reports in the Microsoft 365 Apps Admin Center, MC253597. This is, I'll scroll up real quick here, sorry about that, a dashboard for you as a IT administrator, when you are working with uh, rolling out OneDrive sync clients to your organization, managing that and reporting on where are we with that rollout? Okay, so this is beginning to roll out early May and uh, expected to be completed by early June. So you'll be able to, um, as part of the deployment and adoption of OneDrive, be able to um, mark, now we'll talk about how you do this and it's a little convoluted, but um, be able to mark a client, mark a desktop, I guess, where you're installing it 
and then get uh, kind of that telemetry of what's going on. And what I mean by what's going on, it's sync status. So you'll be able to see, is it having issues? You know, do I need to proactively talk to that user and help them? Wouldn't that be awesome? Because I, mm. I find that OneDrive Sync is amazing for me, but I talk to other people. Sometimes they're like, oh, I have problems. And, and all I have to do is walk them through some things and it gets all fixed and no more sync issues and everything. And I'm like, oh, wow. So if you could do that, wouldn't that be great for adoption? Great for uh, your organization, for your people to do get their work done, right? And actually be able to use the tools and not try to go off and use some other tool to, to do syncing. But it also helps you um, manage the known folder move rollout, right? And, okay. and be able to look at that. Uh, where are we with that? To be able to see um, our users, is it enabled for certain, you know, for these users so that, you know, now their desktop, they're my documents and they're my pictures are being synced with OneDrive as well. Um, so it's actually fantastic uh, to have this capability. Now, there's a couple things here. <laughs> this is admin facing, right? So you have to be an admin uh, to be able to see this report, obviously in the admin center, and it's opt-in only. So that kind of, okay. But I'm clicking on the additional information here because uh, this walks you through the overview of what you need to do and how you need to enable it, okay? So, <clears throat> And it talks about when it'll be released and when it's going to be available to you. But I want to scroll down here a little bit on this document and show you, okay, here are the requirements. Uh, there's a few requirements about the sync client and all that. You also need to have uh, making sure that all of your client devices can access this URL, which is a special URL that Microsoft is using to that your clients are going to ping to. So you got to think about the architecture here. You have your um, Microsoft 365 admin tools in the cloud. You've got your, your clients all over the place, you know, on your machines connected to your domain, whether that domain is on-prem domain synced to the cloud or it's in the cloud domain. Um, but somehow those machines need to report saying, hey, here's my status. So you have to allow this URL Making sure, you know, if you have any firewalls, whether those are software or hardware that are uh, filtering content, they need to make sure that you get to this clients.config.office.net. Now, what what is it that they're going to be doing? Well, um, they're going to be reporting using a tenant, um, uh, a tenant identifier. So it's a tenant association key, which this page walks you through on how to get that key. So you go to config.office.com, you go through the process, you get this key. Now, when you go through and get the key, it may take a few moments for it to show up, um, this tenant uh, association key. Now, what do you do with this associate association key? This goes onto those clients, onto your machines, so that it, when it reports, it reports this client ID or this association ID, it reports the client ID so you could see what's going on, okay? So how do you do that? Well, there's a few ways. You could do this by group policy via registry. So put a registry key in, and one of those, um, one of the keys is 
a key, a string with that uh, key that you got, of course, that I just mentioned. Another way is you could do a command line, and this could be, you know, you could push this out through, if you have a startup script, for instance, you know, managed by group policy that every machine runs through when they log in, you know, you could add this to that, or you could use the sync admin reports GPO um, to do that. So it walks you through how to do that. Um, I would <clears throat> test this. Now, speaking of testing, well, I'm gonna highlight this important bit. It may take three days from the point of uh, implementing the GPO uh, and enabling that on the devices for it to show up in reports. So just know when you get started and do this, it may take three days. It's not going to be instant. Um, so let me scroll back up here. So in this box, it's talking about um, they recommend a gro gradual rollout. Okay, so they they recommend doing a few test devices per day, then maybe going up to 100 devices per day and then ramping up from there, but doing no more than 10,000 devices per day until you finish. I don't know why. I don't know if there's some sort of um, maybe that's a a magic number for new devices. It thinks it's doing some sort of uh, spamming. I, you know, I don't know. Um, but they're saying 10,000 devices per day, new devices per day is your limit. So no more than that is what they're, what they're recommending, I guess. Because it does say recommend, not is the absolute maximum. Okay, that was a lot of, of information there. Um, huge process. It's a huge process, but IT admins, we're used to it. So um, I, I think it's a little complicated. Uh, it would, it sure would be nice for, I would say, you know, the OneDrive client to be going, Our, I'm already logged in as a user. So I kind of know what tenant I'm associated with in one way or another, right? I know. And let me check, does that tenant have this turned on? Oh, it does. Okay. I'm going to report my status on stuff. I see. I think that would be a whole lot easier, but you know, maybe there's a reason why they're doing it this way. I don't know. Um, there's a lot of steps, but I think there's a lot of value if you're rolling out OneDrive or you're having issues with OneDrive, you know, you've got users that are complaining or what get a handle on what's going on. I think this is going to be very important for every organization. Um, to do this for small organizations, all you need to do is get that key and add it to the registry done, you know, no big deal, uh, for very large organizations, use a GPO. You're, you're, you're used to this probably. And so you can just manage that rollout. Makes sense. Yeah. Good. Good. <laughs> I'm glad it makes sense to you, Daryl. I'm waiting for everyone else to answer. So we'll just sit here and wait. Oh, All right. <clears throat> Enough about that. Enough. If that's okay. Enough. Quick mentions, man. Quick mentions. Let's do it. Make it quick, though. Uh, let's start with yours, if that's okay. That's okay. You've just been talking. Mm -hmm. Shut up. How rude. I'm going to um, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. So, um, this one is the work 
link book support enabled in Excel for the web. This is a MC253184. What? Work link book support. I think work, that's what you said. Work, workbook link. There we work, go. Okay, work link. Work link book. Um, maybe it's the air up here that's getting a little bit dizzy. Um, this is, the, it's a quick mention, but it's also a big deal for for those who are working in workbooks and you open them up in Excel on the web and there's a whole lot of connections to other workbooks. In the past, you've had to open them up on your desktop and use the Excel for Windows to make all those connections and refresh figures and numbers and various things. Now you can do this from within Excel on the web. Uh, I don't know to what extent, there might be some limitations, but it's good to see that some of the, uh, the Excel online experience has been improved that you can make those connections across all the different workbooks and um, update them. So this is uh, rolling out, begin to roll out August, hang on, this feature began to roll out August 2020 and is available to all Excel for web users today. Why are we even putting this in? <laughs> what the heck? I know, and so I agree with you. Um, <laughs> this, the began rollout August 2020, they totally forgot to tell us. Um, and here we are, you know, what, four, eight months later, um, and it's now available. Surprise! Um, I will say I have had way too much experience with this, working with people going, why well, won't this file open up uh, with stuff like this? So it is good to see. However, you know, we've apparently already seen it because <laughs> it's well, been well, With those same people... Did they suddenly go quiet around August, September, October last year? Surprisingly so. All right. Um, All right. Tell me about your one. Mine one is actually Microsoft Lists Grid View Keyboard Improvements. This is MC252939. Um, when we've talked about Microsoft Lists before, I've, I've done... Um, post about it and webinars and all that. So Microsoft list is a fantastic uh, working method to get into your list from SharePoint and OneDrive. You could store list in OneDrive. Um, what this is, is you'll be able to, there's a grid view, which is very similar to the way you could do a data sheet view with SharePoint list in the past, but it's actually a whole lot faster and more powerful. Uh, but it's very, very similar. Um, this is giving us keyboard shortcuts for going through and working in that view. So if you're uh, used to doing keyboard shortcuts and things like um, Excel, where you just like tap, 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 and you, you know, you're working through all your cells and, you know, your data entry, then this is awesome. But then it's not awesome because... Um, some of the information, the way you work with this is not exactly the same. Um, the, uh, for instance, uh, pressing enter will enable you to edit, uh, that field. So you're going to press tab to get over to your thing. And then you have to hit enter to get into it. Um, you know, in Excel, you would press like F2 or you would just start typing, I guess. So you will need to get a little, uh, get some practice with this, right? But be, if you are a data entry uh, queen or king, and this is your thing, 
then uh, this is going to be nice for you because you're instead of having to go to the mouse and, and do all of that, you're going to be able to just fly through data entry in grid view. So this is starting to roll out for targeted in late April and which is, you know, already passed and completed mid-May. Oh, by the way, welcome to May, everybody. Uh, standard will begin rolling out mid-May and completed rollout in mid June. All right. Boom. You know what, Daniel? Yes. We have often had to skip over this last segment, but there is a callback this week. Yay! Yes. We're calling back to a feature called new file sharing experience in mm -hmm. Microsoft Teams. So, harken back with me now to MC240303, and it was first published in February 17th this year. Um, this is a experience where when you upload a file into a chat within Teams or within a private meeting, then you're going to see some new sharing experiences as you upload that file. We'll see a drop-down box underneath the file name, and this brings up a very familiar-looking share dialog box where we can choose what kind of link we're creating, um, who we're going to be sharing it with, whether we want them to be able to edit or not. You know the, the dialog box. It's, it's in SharePoint Online and OneDrive and Office documents. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, it is right. sweet. You know, and yes. the sharing experience in Teams so far has been not great. And so mm -hmm. this is a vast improvement. I'm loving it. Yep. Um, look, the interesting experience there, and I did a little video. I'll probably just drop it in the corner. Um, there's another option there that you can share with the people who are currently in the chat. <clears throat> so that will add the people in the chat to the permissions of the file and whatever you choose, whether it be edit or just view, then it's done for you. It will call out, though, that if you haven't, um, uh, if someone else joins the chat or someone doesn't actually have access to the file that you're sharing it from, then you'll get that little warning to, to say, you know, share that with that person um, via directly from OneDrive. But look, it's a, a good to see that consistency in the file sharing experience good to see a couple more options there i've even played with that one that said share this link in review mode only so that you don't get people opening the document and even though they're looking at it you know sometimes it changes the modified by i do yeah yes. well it's, it's not yeah, going to do that not going to do that yep that's mm. awesome um so being able to have a uh, just like you said, that review experience where you can look at it. I, all I want to do is look at it. Don't do any kind of weird, you know. Or add comments. Right, right. Um, mm. Add comments, not um, not have to, you know, actually edit. Um, that's awesome. Thank you yeah. for so sharing that. it is there that. now. Yeah, it, it is. is there now. Um, it supposedly finished mid-April. Mm-hmm. We know that some things have been running a bit late. Maybe it was just there and I didn't notice it. But that's the whole point of the callbacks, people. That's right. That is exactly right. Well, yeah. that is uh, the last message. I want to make sure we say hit the subscribe button, pound the thumbs up, hit the bell. I don't know. Um, we, we went over this last week, Daniel. Wasn't yes. it easy to just say, you know what to do, you know where to find us? You, you know where you are and you know what to do or something like that. It is um, what it is. We are where we are. 
So, uh, yeah, we really appreciate you being here and love the comments. Love seeing people take advantage of this show. Uh, we love seeing, you know, how it's helping your organization, helping you help the organization. So thank you so much for sharing your experiences and, and how things are going. Um, so this is episode 193. It's fantastic. Uh, thank you for being here. Thank you for joining us from high atop Auckland, New Zealand. Daryl, so appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, it was good to be here. <laughs> yep. Uh, we will uh, catch you next time. Thank you, everyone, for being here. Bye-bye for now. Bye-bye.